Don't think healthcare professionals have any business experience? Think again. No topic is off limits as we share tales from our brave hosts who will always tell it like it is. We are hashtag no filter healthcare. Here to guide you through your healthcare journey are your hosts, Taylor Dunn and Tamara Donda. We want to thank our sponsor, Uptime Health, the leading healthcare equipment and compliance management software company for bringing this podcast to fruition. Visit UptimeHealth.com to learn more. Let's get started. Welcome to hashtag no filter healthcare. I'm your co-host, Taylor Dunn. And I'm your other co-host, Tamara Donda. And today we have our guest speaker, Rachel Walt, who is the founder and CEO of Inspired Hygiene. Hey, Rachel, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you for uh, inviting me on the podcast. Of course, we're so happy to have you today. And um, I'm so excited to learn more about you personally um, and how you launched Inspired Hygiene. So let's, let's get right into it. <clears throat> okay. So I am a hygienist, uh, still a licensed hygienist in North Carolina, and I graduated from hygiene school in 1991. So a couple of years ago, I celebrated 30 years as a hygienist, which is kind of crazy. I don't wow. know where that time went, but yeah, it's, it's kind of wild. So I've seen a lot of things over the years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so long story short, um, you were asking about how I started Inspired Hygiene and I have been very fortunate to work in a lot of different types of practices over the years, uh, and most of them being very progressive practices with dentists who invested in having coaching. And so I saw the impact that that made on our practice, and I really liked uh, how our coach was able to develop relationships with the team members and really make an impact on the practice as a whole. And so um, I actually was hired as an assistant uh, to a coach that worked in a practice where I was working. And then she recommended me to another hygiene coaching group, which I worked for for a couple of years. And then I started Inspired Hygiene in 2004. And for the long time, it was me. You know, I was the primary only and sole coach in Inspired Hygiene. And then, you know, we really started growing um, through podcasting, through speaking, through just referrals and things like that. And so, uh, now we have worked with clients in 45 states and uh, we've been around for almost 20 years now and there are four uh, going on five coaches with Inspired Hygiene right now and um, and our support team as well. So we've been really fortunate to be able to just work with a lot of great practices and just continue to grow and do what we love to do. Amazing. I love that. Um, Thank you. And, and, you know, as, a, as I was looking at, you know, your your company and doing a little bit of research on the back end, you know, as, as we do, um, just learning more about you on my own. I love that you are a hygienist. Um, cause I think it makes a difference when you're hearing from someone that's actually been there and has done everything that they're doing. And so I think it makes a huge difference, but one of the things that I just personally saw and it grabbed my attention is I feel like you, do a really great job at addressing a situation where <clears throat> in a dental office, hygienists become, um, they're great staff members, they're valued on a personal level, but they're not performing and they may possibly need to check their 
competencies. Um, And that's like a really hard situation to be in because especially when you become comfortable in the office and it may not even happen on purpose. um, But I think any individual in any job in any industry go through lulls and sometimes need that reality check um, to get back on track. So I'd love to hear how you approach that when you're faced with that situation. Yeah, so that actually happens quite a bit. I would say that is one of the triggers for a practice owner to call us is, hey, we've got a great team. Everybody's open to learning and growing. They work well together, but we just need, we need to get calibrated. We need to get everybody on the same page as what a lot of times the dentists say. And maybe they say, I'm, I'm concerned about this one hygienist. Um, I, I, I have actually heard this specifically is that, you know, another hygienist is seeing this patient, this hygienist patients, and they're concerned because there's calculus left after periodontal therapy, or there's just some things that are becoming obvious, and it is difficult to talk to the hygienist about that. I would say uh, that's something that we have have really taken heart, and we have some things in place for dental practice owners that want to do coaching, but they say, well, so how am I supposed to approach my hygienist with this when we're bringing, we're considering bringing on a hygiene-specific, you know, consulting or coaching firm like Inspired Hygiene, and all of our coaches are also hygienists. So, you know, it's not just me, Um, you know, when they're going out in the field, like they can relate as well. And they have been in the position where, you know, they had to evaluate their skills, their competencies and how they were presenting treatment and what they were doing to identify the treatment that was in the patient's best interest and then communicate to that to the patient and also to the doctor. So one way that we address that is um, we give the doctor some talking points to share with the team about what does this mean that I'm considering hiring inspired hygiene. And uh, because they don't always know the best way to approach it, we want it to be set up as a positive experience from the very beginning, right? We're not going in there to tell them what they're doing wrong or, you know, to damage their relationships with their patients. We're going in to be an advocate for them and also to bring the hygienist and the doctor together, like, okay, here are our common goals. What is the doctor frustrated about and want to be different? What is the hygienist frustrated about and want to be different? How do we, how do we get both of them into a situation where they're both seeing things moving in the direction they want it to be in and reducing some of that stress? So we give them some, some specific talking points. Um, we give them advice like, you know, the doc, a lot of times doctors that hire us, most of them, probably 100% of them, honestly, have invested in uh high-level CE for themselves. And, you know, as a leader, you can only do so many things at one time. So what they recognize is like, wow, we're practicing here, but we've not given that same attention to the hygiene department. And so now let's do that. And so that's one way that doctors can approach their hygienists is to say, look, we've invested in this high-level CE for myself. I had to get out of my comfort zone with the way I learned to do certain procedures in dental school or in the early parts of my career. And I knew that there were new technologies, there's new knowledge out there, there's new science about, you know, how oral health affects the overall health. So I want to invest in you guys too. I want to invest in the hygiene department and give you the tools to be able to practice at the same level that I am and to get that satisfaction and our patients get those same, you know, higher level outcomes. Um, The other thing that we do before we ever have the coach go into the practices, they meet virtually like this with uh, with the team, and they just ask the hygienist, so what are you excited about with, with Inspired Hygiene coming in to work with you, and what are maybe you nervous about? And because that's totally normal, 
And I would say probably 80% of hygienists that we work with have some bit of anxiety or hesitation or nervousness about the coach coming in. So it's good to kind of get that out, air that out. Um, and then a lot of times the coach can address it and just say, you know what, I understand why you would feel that way. And here's how we're going to approach that. And, um, and it really brings them comfort. So then they're, they're not as worried. And then when the coach gets there, like our goal is really to just get to know the team and to be, just really show them that, that we're there to help them and support them to getting to that next place. So, um, yeah, I'd say that's, that's how we address that Taylor from that perspective of, you know, maybe like you said, they're great team members. They don't want to lose them, but we've got to up-level our skills. And we all have to do that, like you said. Right. I love that um, you focus on the positivity that's involved in that too, because yeah. I feel like that's also the approach that a lot of people take. But sometimes you get into that negative space where you're you're bringing forward those lack of um, attention to detail or whatever it is that's triggering um, this to even come up. And so finding a way around that is really impactful. So I think that's really yeah, helpful. And once, once we can, we can illustrate and they, they, they have an opportunity to experience working with us. Mm -hmm. Then I think a lot of times the guard comes down right. and they see some positive impact and results that are coming. And then we can say, Hey, can we give you a coaching, some coaching on a couple other things, or here's something that might make your day to day a little bit easier. Um, you know, are you open to trying it this way? So then we can, we can start to address some of those other things. And we do, um, I don't think we probably share this well enough, but you know, we do hands-on clinical, uh, training as well, you know, with the ultrasonics and with perio charting to make sure the team is calibrated. So we do a lot of those hands-on trainings as well. Uh, when there are even some of those clinical competencies that, that could, that could be improved and just brushed up on. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And um, I think it really matters because you're showing them that they can trust you um, and yeah. that you're you're there to help. You're not right. there to take away any of the value that they provide. So that's right. Yep, that's our goal. Well, let's get into the fun part here. So <laughs> my favorite part of the show, um, which is, you know, hashtag no filter. Um, tell yeah. us what we're considering to be that horror story or the the story that kind of scares everyone into being more yeah. compliant. Um, I know you've got some, so I, I'd love to hear what those are. Yeah. One yeah. for us. <clears throat> so, yeah, as I was thinking about this, there are, you know, two or three that kind of come up. Um, and I'm sure there are more that we don't know about, right, that our clients don't <laughs> share with us. But yeah. one, one that came to mind was, and we have a lot of clients that, and I think this is becoming more uh, common because of where we are in the industry right now with dental hygiene wages going up and dental insurance reimbursements going down, right? So, so dentists are like, okay, how can we make this work? Something's got to give here. We've got to kind of figure this out. And one way that they're approaching it is changing hygiene compensation. So they're going from maybe like an hourly to an hourly plus a, plus a commission, right? When the hygienist hit a certain point, um, and so this is actually years ago before this was so common, but this was a practice um, that had their hygienists on a commission and their hygienists were very motivated by this. They were really, they were doing a good job with diagnosis and communicating to patients. But this one particular hygienist had pretty quickly figured out that if she could increase 
not only the care she was providing, but the number of patients that she could see in a day, then her income would increase, right? So, I mean, my feeling about that is, okay, fine. Like, as long as you are still staying within the parameters of the required diagnostics and the screenings and how we're handing it off and what our practice protocols are, then, you know, let's see what, let's see what you can do. What we figured out was, though, in uh, one time the, um, a patient came in and had anesthesia in the hygiene uh, department. The doctor gave the anesthesia. And then the patient the next day had a, like, uh, I'm going to say a palsy event. So all of a sudden, like their face, half of their face was kind of paralyzed. And um, it happened to be the side that they had anesthesia on. And so immediately when the, when the practice is notified about this, they go back and they look at the treatment notes and there were no treatment notes. So there was no documentation about what type of anesthesia was given, how much anesthesia was given, where it was given. And it turned out that this was not a dental related, um, it was something like a Bell's palsy, right? That is like uh -huh. a neurological thing. It was not dental related, but can you imagine how many nights sleep that dentist lost? Oh my and God. No yeah. documentation is no defense. And what we found out through that is that the thing that this, that this hygienist was often leaving out was treatment notes. So oh, yeah. we had to start auditing and finding out that there were days that would go by where there were no clinical notes made. And so that's when we kind of had to pull back and say, look, you, you, you can't pack this many patients into a day. Um, and I'm not there, you know, I wasn't there every day seeing the level of care that was being provided. So um, you know, that's really up to the dentist. They're the, the ones that needs to be supervising that, that, that level of care. But um, yeah, that was something that was a pretty big eye opener for them. And fortunately it all worked out, but no documentation is no defense. That could have ended very badly in a much right. different way. Yeah. Um, the other one that I wanted to share, and I kind of prepped you for this, Taylor, is um, a couple years ago, we were working with um, a group of practices and we were talking about the ultimate hygiene exam, which we teach and the importance of having a very thorough oral cancer screening piece to that ultimate hygiene exam. And hygienists are in a really unique position um, that, you know, they, they get to do a lot of screenings and some of them are, are literally life-saving screenings. And um, so we were teaching this in this group of, there were probably 15 hygienists in this practice. And... Um, one of the hygienists came up to me and she's like, so I've got to tell you, I feel kind of embarrassed, but I've actually had a lesion. I've had something on my tongue that I've been kind of concerned about. And it's been there for a couple of years and I haven't just taken the time to go have it checked out. And I said, okay, thank you for sharing that with me. I said, it's, I'm going to ask you to, to get a referral from your doctor that you work with and to go see the oral surgeon next week. Um, and I'm going to check up on this. And I immediately went over to that doctor um, I didn't ask the hygienist permission. I just felt really compelled. And I told her, I said, you know, I may be breaking some HIPAA violation here, uh, but um, this hygienist just shared with me that she's had this lesion on her tongue for two years. Can you please make sure next week that she sees the oral surgeon? This is really, really important. Turned out it was oral cancer. Um, she ended up having to have part of her tongue removed and a neck dissection. And, um, and then I just found out last week that she passed. So... A very serious, right, um, horror story. And all of that to say um, that not only is it super important for us as dental professionals to be doing these screenings on our patients, it's also super important to do them on each other.
Right. And, you know, I'm a hygienist and, and, you know, I was with some friends last night and they were like, so like, do you go in and get your, when you work in a dental practice, do you get your teeth cleaned every month? I'm like, no, we get in, you know, whenever somebody cancels, we jump in the chair and, you know, they kind of do a fast job on us. So I think that's really important is we've got to really value our own oral health and our overall health just as much as we value what we give to our patients. So, um, yeah, it's a tough story, but one that hopefully will, you know, compel us to do better. I think it definitely will resonate with some people and especially me. I mean, I don't come from dental. Yeah. Um, and, but you know, I've learned over the years, just being in healthcare in general, how important oral health is. But over the last year, really doing a deep dive into dental, um, it's been very eye opening for me. Um, And just, you know, what, what can happen, you don't even realize. Um, And it's, it's just amazing. So I completely, I resonate with that story. And I've been trying to educate my own family, because what's what's scary, though, is my family, my immediate family, has no clue about oral health. And I, it's just, it's alarming. (laughs) And I think, I think it's gotten better because I mean, we have just more media in general now, you know, so, and the oral systemic link, the science that is, has come out over the last decade about how oral health influences our overall health has been, and I've seen it in Oprah magazine, I've seen it in Better Homes and Gardens, you know, so it's in mainstream media now, so it's a little bit right. better. But um, I, I don't. I think that's probably more common than we would like to believe as dental professionals. You know, this is something that we live and breathe every day. Uh, right. But most people don't. Most people avoid going to the dentist, or it's not something that they really look forward to. So I tell everybody: if you don't know if you're getting an oral cancer um, screening at your dental office, ask your provider. Right. And um, you know, so did you do an oral cancer screening? And can you check this area? And and that really should include an extra oral cancer screening as well. Just feeling for lymph nodes and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's a lot that can be detected there. And for our dental professionals listening, you know, if you're a hygienist um, and you're saying, well, I, I'm not equipped to, to diagnose or to detect oral cancer, that's not the point, right? The point is just to discover that something is different and not not normal and then take it to the next level to that expert that is in a position to diagnose that and to make a judgment on that. So, you know, we've got to, we've got to start with these simple screenings that can really make a huge difference. Life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you sharing that story. Yeah. And one of the, um, you know, it's kind of brought up that point in my head, you know, I'm thinking education, right. is super, super important. Um, you know, I think we, are in an industry where there is a lot of lack of knowledge right across the communities so really trying to push that out there is is what a marketing person is is really there for so um yeah. i don't know if you know this but i i run marketing efforts for uptime health and um i always try to squeeze in a little bit of marketing knowledge for our listeners and one of the um really interesting terms i was going through linkedin and certain marketing efforts and they they have this term called marketing hygiene yeah. and it's nowhere related to dental hygiene specifically but it's essentially when you go through a business you run an audit you know you check their seo you check their social media you know you really you know kind of comb through everything that they're doing from you know the day-to-day basis um you know from a digital media standpoint mm-hmm. You run a similar audit when you first, you know, happen to talk to a client. You're like, hey, okay, this office needs A, B, C, D before we can even start. Yeah. Yep. 
We absolutely do that. So we do it in a couple ways. Uh, one is we do, uh, when we talk with an, a, a potential client first, uh, we call that a hygiene opportunity assessment, and we collect just a little bit of data from them so that we can see some of those immediate areas for growth and show them a return on investment if they choose to move forward. The next step is when a client uh, chooses to engage with us, uh, one of the very first things that we do if they were interested in coaching, like personal coaching where we come on site, is something we call our hygiene growth roadmap. And that really is an audit uh, of uh, multiple key areas in the hygiene department. So recare and scheduling, supply and demand. We do a virtual chart audit uh, you know, to see, are they doing that documentation? How detailed is it? Are there x-rays you know, of diagnostic quality? And when they're doing a perio assessment, are they then treatment planning those patients that ha have indicators of active disease? Um, you know, we look at profitability and fees and their service mix. So yes, we, we do do that deep dive, really looking at where, they, where they're doing well and where they have opportunities to improve and grow. Yeah, it's absolutely important, you know, to really just kind of sit back and build that foundation so that when you start adding in more and better sustainable practices, um, they can kind of build off that, yeah. that strong foundation. So um, another really popular question is, you know, a lot of uh, dental professionals, even healthcare professionals are really interested in growth, right? O over, you know, patients, any marketing efforts that they can do. Um, and I, I have seen one of the largest and most sustainable marketing efforts come from conferences. So actually interacting with people and meeting them. Um, so what is kind of your, your step to get that dental professional in front of those conversations, you know, either a speaking engagement mm -hmm. or just kind of building their reputation mm -hmm. in the industry? Well, you bring up a great one, conferences, right? So I have, you know, hygienists ask me all the time, like, how do I get into speaking or sales or something like that? And I mean, where, where better to go where you have, you know, hundreds of other uh, vendors and things like that that are there. So I would say conferences are great. Be prepared and find products that you really love and you use. So team up with some of your favorite manufacturers because they're always looking for dental professionals that are using their products and are willing to share their experience with others. So that's one thing. And you can do that at a conference. You can go to those booths. And just say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm a user and I'm also a presenter and I'd love to be able to share your product. Who do I need to talk to, you know, about that? So that's a great way to do it because now too with so much virtual speaking, um, you know, they might have a webinar series that they do for their customers and you could be a speaker there. So that's a great way to start. Um, I would say reach out local, be willing to, you know, talk to the local study clubs be willing to start doing that at, you know, low or no honorarium. That's what I did. And you're, you'll be surprised how some of those individuals that are in a local study club, they might, they might be selecting the speakers for their state association or a regional association. And then once you start getting to something like that, then you're going to have scouts for the national conferences, the big conferences. Um, you know, the other, one of the other things that I did very early was I joined an organization called the Speaking Consulting Network. And um, so I strongly recommend that organization as well as a great way to get started. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, how they make the progression from the study clubs and how that moves through yeah. the system of speaking. It's yeah, it's very interesting. Really point. <laughs> yeah. And some of the bigger, some of the bigger conferences will not hire a speaker unless they have seen them speak, which means they have scouted them. So 
Um, wow. All of the big conferences like Chicago Midwinter and CDA and Florida and Texas, they all send scouts to all these other meetings and they go in and out of speaker rooms and they find speakers that way. So, you know, you never know when there might right. be a scout there. Mm -hmm. Very true. <laughs> well, Rachel, it was so great getting to know you and how you're changing dental hygiene standards and practice. Um, but before we say goodbye, I'd like to have you tell us about Perio Protocol Online Bootcamp you're hosting and how yeah. our listeners can sign up. <laughs> yeah, so this is an amazing program that we we've been offering this for years and now we're taking a full like 2023 redo on this. And so this is going to, the new version is going to be launched in January, 2023. Um, and anyone who's interested can go to periobootcamp.com and just get on our interest list. Um, you know, there's no obligation, but you'll learn when, when the, when it's open for uh, folks to join. And it is a uh, pre-recorded bootcamp that practices purchase, and it helps them develop their own perio protocol. It really helps them get their team on the same page gives them some insight into that oral systemic link and the science behind that and why it's so critical for us to identify, you know, this infection and, and recommend treatment and also gives them some practical uh, verbal skills, scheduling skills, coding skills, all the things you need to create your own perio protocol. And all of our coaching clients, uh, our private coaching clients have been going through this program for years. So we're excited to open this up and launch this to um, you know, other dental teams that they can really bring this in either as a stair step to coaching or a DIY approach to do that. So yeah, just check out periobootcamp.com. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. And to learn more about Inspired Hygiene and the boot camp, you can also visit inspiredhygiene.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast or comment below if you have any questions for us. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you.